The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Just got an evaluation. It's even more impressive when you consider all the other numbers involved. Chuck Oliver Show on a Thursday. I hope everybody's having a, just a glorious day wherever you are. Thank you all for coming here. We just talk college football. Do we reach conclusions? Sometimes. Mostly we talk college football because it's fun. It's like, why do you eat pizza? Well, we need nourishment, but mostly it's because we like it. University of Georgia, the dogs, Kirby's crew, that bunch in Athens. They just got an evaluation. And I mean, from I've said this is my standardized uh, intro when we have him on the show. About as high level of thinkers you're going to find musing about college football. Bill Conley. Who we had on, was it yesterday or two days ago? ESPN.com. And I want to say we had him on Tuesday because, you know, Feinbaum had him yesterday. And so, of course, he would come here first. Bill Conley has uh, released his initial SP Plus rankings. SP Plus, uh, what this means is expected point outcome for a team versus an average opponent on a neutral field. Essentially, what will be the outcome with no external push or pull from the opponent, the crowd, the weather, the anything, bye week, injuries, whatever. Based on the information we have now, what would be the expected point outcome for this team versus the most non-impactful opponent and setting possible. Basically, you're not affected by anything external. What do you do? Let's rank those teams. Georgia's expected outcome, according to Bill Conley, high-level thinker, ESPN. Georgia's expected outcome is number one in America. And according to Bill Conley, quote, by a wide margin. Now, I'm going to give you the just the bottom line here um these are out now and you can go to espn if you have the membership you can look at the entire list georgia is in first place ohio state is the second ranked team to put just the rankings in some sort of relevance georgia is one ohio state is two georgia is 4.4 points ahead of number two Ohio State okay who are the Buckeyes 4.4 ahead of number seven Penn State if 
this level of margin between one and two was a standard sort of separation between teams button up against each other in Bill Conley, high-level thinkers. SP plus rankings, his initial rankings. He's going to update these in May. You know what May is. May is everybody's had their spring game and, all right, who left? And he's going to update them again before August practice starts. So there's a couple more coming. We talked to Schlebob, I don't know, maybe he was yesterday or two days ago, about his way too early top 25 and how he had to update it after 36 days. He's like, too much has happened. He's like, I don't know if I was going to do it this soon, but I have to. So it's a dynamic product right now. It's, It's on the move, man. College football. And Bill Conley, he says, I've got two more of these coming. But based on what we know now, here are the initial expected point outcomes for every team when there are no factors around them. If the division between Georgia and Ohio State was a fixed, normal, regular division between teams, the team five spots behind Ohio State would be 22 points behind them. That it's five times wider than it really should be. Not Ohio State and Penn State. That might be kind of normal. Look at the rest of the rankings. What's not normal is the number one team having that separation over the start of the rest of the elite programs. So that's the evaluation, and it's from a guy who, man, he, he's got the brain cells. He knows how to put the equations in. It's really good good readings, good stuff. Always enjoy it. And he says UGA's won and by a sight. So that's the evaluation. When I say it's even more impressive when you consider the other numbers involved, how about 11? That's 11 players to the combine. How about three, as in I think a realistic number for Georgia, first-rounders? I think it might be three more first-rounders. Bowers, Marius Mims, Lassiter maybe, Javon Bullard, if he runs well, I mean, I don't know. 11 players to the combine, three more first-rounders, 47th in college football returning production, about as intelligent and dispassionate an evaluator as we'll find says UGA's number one by a lot, lot. So, how are you doing this? Well, there are a couple of codes to crack. First of all, you have to get Sunday guys into your program to begin with. Keeping them, that has to be part of the equation. Used to just be, I would say this forever and ever, that on you would get a commitment. I was like, just a commitment. You'd rather have it than not, but it's just a commitment. You'd get a kid on signing day. He'd stroke his name across the uh, letter of intent, fax it in, or t- scan it on his phone, do whatever. I would say it's just an LOI. You'd rather have it than not. But basically what this is, I had somebody tell me when it comes to business, this was years ago, the industry I'm in. He's like, you're getting a lot of calls about jobs. He says, until you have done the game, gotten the check, cashed it, and spent the money. He says, do not count on getting jobs. (laughs) Um, When we look at, 
kind of peeking ahead at what's ahead Georgia in this this season? A lot of it is projection. Absolutely. And it's hard to count on some of this stuff. But the numbers surrounding this Georgia program right now, okay, when I say you'd rather have it than not, it really does start with an old-school approach. They obviously hit the portal. But these recruits that are coming in, yeah, as 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 well as anybody else in America and as well as Georgia was doing even pre-portal. So that is still, you know, how do you get to this thing? Well, you got to have better players. Now, that has obviously changed because it used to just be get them into the program and then, okay, by and large, we'll have them. All of that just got grenaded, and Kirby has still somehow found a way to keep his program at the same level, if not higher, and creating separation. It's almost like the more difficult landscape, it's more difficult for Kirby. It's more and more difficult for literally everybody else in America. That's what Bill Connolly is saying. So the old school approach, absolutely start with the high school and get those kids into the program. And Kirby is picking and choosing with a couple of position groups, actually wide receivers, one of them really has surprised me uh, with the transfer portal. But he continues to get the same outcome against a drastically more competitive and difficult to achieve backdrop. So I, I think when you start looking at all the other numbers involved, and you've got a guy like Bill Connolly saying, no, they consistency. This isn't consistency. It is as far as the ranking. It's, it's not as far as the relative performance. When you have someone like Bill Connolly saying, Georgia is actually finding a way to separate from who? People in the division? Well, there are no divisions. People in the conference? Hmm, sure. Bigger. Keep going. Nationally? Maybe. Just an amazing job. And the fact that I haven't heard of Chip Kelly and Jim Harbaugh and look at Nick Saban, so many people like out, done, finished, Jeff Halfley, Kirby. It's easier, finger quote, easier to put in the time and deal with the frustration and the headaches and the physical hurdles if you're getting outcomes like, by and large, Kirby and Georgia are. But it's not easy to get those outcomes. It's just an amazing job he's doing up there. And like I said, when I saw these rankings come out, I just wanted to wax a little bit about the impossible nature of what he's doing, comma, and how he's doing it. Um, it's still an emphasis on getting elite kids in through high school. Um, they augment the portal, but elite kids. And folks, you look like a Marius Mims. He was a freshman at Georgia. Brock Bowers, he was a freshman at Georgia. Jermaine Johnson was a freshman at Georgia, was a first-round draft pick at Florida State. Jamon Dumas-Johnson, freshman at Georgia. He's going to be a final-year player at Kentucky. Like, he gets them in, man. And you see these studs exiting the program on draft night wearing red and black? A lot, a lot of them. Freshman at Georgia as well. So, 
Uh, like I say, however you crack that code, and it's money, and it's an opportunity to win, and a lot of people got money. A lot of people got an opportunity to win. A lot of people can say, you can come here and be just as likely to win a national championship as you are at Georgia, and that can be true. I know what the numbers are. Georgia's won 67% of the last three national championships, but on a year-to-year basis, you're supposed to, yeah, you can come here and win just as well as you can at Georgia, except now Kirby's changing that. Just a tremendous job. All right, we're going to take a quick break, jump into it on this Thursday next. Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. Chuck Oliver Show continuing on this Thursday, and it's going to be a fun time talking college football, I promise you. Coming up in, oh gosh, 15 minutes or so, talking about Georgia and that they are out of the gates, Bill Conley, who has no connected interest to Georgia's outcome. He's just an observer and then says, here's what I believe. Bill Conley says they're the number one team in America by measurement of SP plus, which is expected outcome versus no impact from the opponent or the field or the stadium or wherever. Uh, they're number one and by a large margin of Ohio State. So we're going to talk with uh, Connor Riley from Dog Nation about that, about Scott Cochran. He's out. Uh, man had a demon in the past. He addressed it. And uh, he and then also it was a Daryl Dickey hit the bricks yesterday. So he's in there. Pursue other opportunities. Mm, yeah, I, what I don't know what Daryl Dickey's uh, what opportunity is he pursuing this morning? Judge Judy, like Drew Carey, is he on right now? Price is right. I don't know. Pursue other opportunities. Okay, um, so we'll talk all about that. Um, we got Texas talk coming up top of hour two. Joe Cook from Inside Texas is on three thing, um, and so we will continue and just be your source for college football. Um. Name, image, likeness. <laughs> it has been just money, 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 money everywhere for so many folks, and it has spawned new industries. I don't know. I, I, I'm close personal friends with someone who runs a collective, like a really successful collective for a big, giant Power 5 program. So that's and he, that is not what he did before. So name, image, likeness, it has exploded. And then all of these employment and industry opportunities that literally weren't there, there. Hasn't worked that way for everyone. In fact, name image likeness has seriously diminished the want of from programs of one particular skill set. Um, did you see that Hugh Freeze has hired Kenyatta Walker as a, an assistant to help with recruiting. Now, I'm trying to not give you the wrong impression here. He's an assistant, not coach. He's an assistant to help with recruiting. He's on the support staff, the off-field staff, to help with recruiting. Not in how maybe you are thinking. If you know the name or you've heard it, Kenyatta Watson. I'm sorry. Did I say Walker? Kenyatta Watson. He had been at Georgia Tech. He had been at Florida State back in the day. He had a lot of connections from high school around the Atlanta area and such in the South, I'm sure. And Hugh Freeze is hiring Kenyatta Watson as Auburn's 
Director of Recruiting, Research, and Strategy. Been at Georgia Tech, like I said, the past couple of years and had been been in the game before that. So it's just got a lot of relationships and culture building and recruiting and blah, 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 and all of this. And the reason I say blah, blah, blah is because I think name, image, likeness, like this is one example of a guy who his skill set is in far less demand because it has far less practical application now. The in-home relationship builder, that has less value right now than it did before. Now, any Auburn fan listening, I don't know Kenyatta Watson. People who do, people who have worked with him, people who have experienced the Kenyatta Watson outcome, what I was told is Kenyatta Watson, while he was at Florida State, he didn't actually wasn't involved in signing a whole lot of high school kids who then signed at Florida State. That there wasn't a whole lot of like a direct line between Kenyatta Watson and this kid signed at Georgia Tech. My understanding was not a lot of examples of nope. I'm here, Kenyatta Watson. It boom. That's why I'm at Georgia Tech. It may be why he's not. I guess, actually recruiting? Director of Recruiting Research and Strategy? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just telling you what folks are saying. Um, But pre-name image likeness, it was way, way, way different for him and others. When we talk about recruiting and I have relationships and I'm just a culture builder and all that, there are some guys who what they really do better than anything else is they built a resume of being able to convince a high school kid to sign with a college. No, 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 no. Built a resume of being able, being like really, really good at convincing a high school kid to transfer to another high school. So there are folks who that's their background. And it used to be a totally different environment. So Ole Miss what is, was it, the Champions Now? I think it was Ole Miss that that was the name of their fundraising, th- 300, 350 million, however much the number was. They got into building that, raising that money and then building those new facilities. They're like, mm, hold it, throw the brakes on this. We are not all the way down this $350 million Champions Now road. Uh, let's consider, wait a minute, uh, are facilities really what is selling the program now? They tapped the brakes some. This is not 2019. It is not any time before COVID, it is, which is when, you know what you hadn't heard anything about since, oh, July 1st, 2021, what you haven't heard one word about? Remember that letter the Pac-12 athletes sent? We want half the revenue. College football responded with, oh, I'll let you sell your name, image, likeness. Okay. <laughs> Folks, they're coming back for the real money later. So this, anytime that started with COVID, and then 21 was name, image, likeness, and now so it's just flown off the rails and taking a hard right. Like, I mean, out the window, across the rooftop, run away, the way things used to be. Um, so this is a very positive move for, like, 2019 for Auburn. I don't know the outcome at Auburn as a result of hiring Kenyatta Watson as director of recruiting research. I don't know what that's going to be. Um, I don't think it's going to be like shaking a tree and a bunch of five stars just fall out onto the campus. Hey, How's your day going, man? Well, better than anybody who roots for Georgia State's, Chuck. Uh, For those who might not have heard, word coming down this morning, Sean Elliott leaving his job as head coach at Georgia State to become 
an assistant coach at South Carolina, specifically running game coordinator and tight ends coach. He, of course, was offensive line coach and assistant head coach before he left South Carolina to take the Georgia State job back after the 2016 season. So this is literally just going back to kind of where it began for Sean Elliott. Uh, Elliott had never actually moved to Atlanta. His family had stayed in Columbia. He'd been living the commuter life basically back and forth between the cities. That um, sucks. I don't know if he had like a hotel he'd stay in during the season or what. But Oh, he had points, I'm sure. He yeah, he never, he never actually formally left. So this, this is a unique circumstance, Chuck, where an opportunity has presented itself for him to, to go back and be reunited with his family and not have to move. But they're three practices into spring practice. I mean, we've talked about how oh, disruptive. Oh, they were like the third team to start. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we talked before about how disruptive everything is right now. But, Chuck, I mean, there are literally three practices in already. Their spring game is supposed to happen on March 7th, and now they don't have a head coach. I mean, that's, that is just wild that, that this is playing out like this. You know, for South Carolina, again, you get a guy with great recruiting connections in the state, knows Shane Beamer, knows how to work with him. So I get it for them. But, man, you feel bad for Georgia State. And more and more we're seeing this, Chuck. This is kind of the direction things are headed. If you're not a head coach at a program that's a, a certain status now, being an assistant looks better. Yeah, and you did leave out one very important number there, 30, as in 30 days. Uh, you're three practices into spring, and now every kid on your roster can at least, you know, by clerical or administrative terms, enter the portal. Um, it's a, it's a, unlike We saw this last year. Was it... Was it Kentucky? What was the S? There was an SEC school like nine days into, I think it was nine days into spring practice. They're like, all right, yeah, we don't. Oh, it's Florida. Yeah, they lost their defensive coordinator a few practices into spring. I'm like, that's not normal. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's actually is becoming normal, Heath, isn't it? it? It's kind of isn't. And look, to be fair to, to Sean Elliott, like you said, Chuck, he already was making his plans for spring. This job didn't didn't open up until a week ago. You had a, a situation where Justin Stepp left and took the job with Illinois as wide receivers coach. So it's not like this is something he's been planning for weeks and weeks. But at the same time, I, I just go back to, geez, I mean, does does nobody know? Does nobody owe anybody anything anymore? Is there not some point where you're like, man, I really want this job. But at the same time, I'm three practices into spring practice. I kind of have to stay for the kids. It just doesn't seem like anybody feels any obligation at all these days. No, and that would be, at this point, sort of the pushback, what they always used to say, the coach can leave. What about the players? Well, what are the players doing? (laughs) Now the coach can use the opposite. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we take pride in our family-owned and operated business. Hi, I'm Stacy Ellis, Vice President of the Jim Ellis Automotive Group. When my granddad, Jim Ellis, founded our company in 1971, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was easy and fully transparent. And it worked. Fifty years later, my dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. 
Today, third-generation family members like myself, along with the support of more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values our company was founded on. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we try harder because we sincerely value your satisfaction. That's why we've been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of our 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, still family-owned and operated and where you can always expect the best. The king of college football, no matter where you go, with a new Southern Sports Today app. Catch the best college football conversation in the South everywhere with the SST live stream and daily podcast. Downloaded now at the App Store and the Google Play Store. Now more of the best college football talk in the country. It's the Chuck Oliver Show. Thursday on the Chuck Oliver Show, we roll along. Bill Conley, high-level thinker dispassionate about his outcomes has stated not only is Georgia the number one program in America right now by SP uh, by SP plus measurements but in if you go look at the rankings and the numbers and the distance between teams Georgia is actually five times quote better than Ohio State than they really should be there's 4.4 points between the two programs that's between one and two. There's 4.4 between Ohio State and then Penn State down at seven. So that kind of puts in perspective just how much of a job Kirby and that staff's getting done on a consistent year-by-year basis. As far as predictability in February, he'll update it later. Want to welcome on right now, Dog Nation. It is Connor Riley. Connor, how are you doing today? Doing good, Chuck. Glad to be on with you. Man, I appreciate the time, brother. Uh, let's talk about just big picture flyover stuff with Kirby. How is he continuing to succeed in high school recruiting, incorporate name, image, likeness, uh, lose assistant coaches and coordinators, and his team, the overall strength of the program, at least perception-wise, by some measurements, it's actually stronger than it has been. Yeah, it's one of those things where now that he's going in, and this seems hard to believe, but his ninth season as a head coach, a lot of the hard work has already been done. He's proven proof of concept. He sent 34 players to the NFL draft over the last three years. That's more than any program in the history of the draft in a three-year span. Uh, He's won two national titles in a row, came very close to competing for a third this past year. And, And so there's this proof of concept that if you come to Georgia, you'll get developed, you'll play in a lot of big games, you're going to win a lot of them potentially win a national championship if things go right, and then go on to be drafted into the NFL. They had five guys playing in the Super Bowl last week. I believe Oklahoma was the only school that had more with six. So there's clearly, I think, a proof uh, in the pudding, so to speak, of his developmental track record. I think that's why he's so attractive to high school recruits. He plays guys early. I think Georgia finished 10th in the country last year and snaps played by true freshmen, and it was a team that was number one in the country for almost the entire season. So uh, it it's a it's a true, I think, meritocracy where if you're one of the best players, you can come in and play right away. And so that just continues to appeal to, you know, the top prospects that come out on a yearly basis. Scott Cochran, he has referenced, um, you know, his various challenges himself, and he's no longer part of the George program. Uh, talk about the impact of the program. What is – is this a seamless transition? Uh, just tell me about that environment because I'm, I'm sad to see it happen, but it's happened. Yeah, uh, 
Scott Cochran. I've been with the program for about four years now. Uh, first came to Georgia in an on-field role uh, as a special teams coordinator. I took some time away during the 2021 season and ultimately moved into an analyst role where he was these past two seasons. Uh, he is a big culture guy for this Georgia program in terms of helping you know further establish that, connecting and creating bonds with players. He's not going to be easily replaced, so to speak. They do have Kirk Benedict sort of taking over his role in terms of viewing special teams, something Benedict has done before. Uh, you know, Cochran, obviously a big name when he first came over from Alabama as a strength and conditioning coach, moving into an on-field role. But I don't think that the hire ever materialized in the way that Cochran did, and obviously some of his off-field uh, battles have led into that. I, I think there were a lot of people that thought that maybe by this time Cochran would, would ascend to potentially be a, a head coach. But he leaves Georgia after four years, did win two national championships here. Uh, you talk to players around the program, they speak glowingly about Cochran and, and his relatability and how much he helps there. And, and I do know that while Cochran is stepping away from the Georgia program, he still has a lot of people out there that are rooting for him and hope that he, he does continue to climb up the coaching ranks. Uh, Daryl Dickey, anything of substance there? Uh, stepping away from an analyst role, uh, anticipated or just uh, it's just something that happens today? No, just something that happens today. You know, they brought in Dickey and former Clemson offensive coordinator Brandon Streeter last offseason in analyst roles. They're obviously going to keep Streeter moving forward here. And you look at the way Georgia has used analysts in the past. Mike Bobo was one. Will Muschamp, who's now moving back into that role, uh, he originally came to Georgia to be an analyst. It's not quite in the Nick Saban heyday of, hey, we're going to have Steve Sarkeesian come in and be an analyst. Uh, those type of big names, but it's often guys that Kirby's really familiar with, guys that Kirby trusts to do a lot of extra legwork that you can only get so much out of with your 10 on-field coaches. Uh, Buster Faulkner, now the offensive coordinator at Georgia Tech, was a guy that did a lot in his time at Georgia as an analyst. And so, you know, Dickey's obviously moving on, electing to pursue opportunities elsewhere, but they still have a lot of knowledge and brain trust in those analyst roles at Georgia, and those guys play vital roles when called upon. Continuing when we talk UGA, we're doing it with Connor Riley from Dog Nation. All right, so let's just fast forward. They get to spring practice, and then it's the morning of the G-Day game. Um, what do you think, Kirby, like give me an, a bottom line outcome or two he would at least like a better angle on, something that he would think maybe I've got an answer here come August. I think the big thing is how does the cornerback position sort of sort itself out there and then back up quarterback behind Carson back. I'll start with the cornerbacks. They have a lot of talented options. You know, Ellis Robinson's the number one cornerback uh, in the country coming in. Julian Humphrey was someone that they fought to keep from entering the transfer portal. Yeah. Uh, you have to replace Kamari Lasseter, who was a really, really good player for you a year ago. And with what Kirby's done in spring games, unlike maybe what he does in the fall, he lets his quarterbacks turn it loose and really throw a lot in those games and, and, and you know, take aggressive downfield shots, uh, perhaps be a bit more uh, aggressive in the passing game than traditionally he would be in a game. And then at the quarterback position, we know Georgia wants to try to get to four scholarship quarterbacks. They tried to take uh, Jade Maeva out of the transfer portal. He ultimately ends up going to USC. Uh, they like Gunnar Stockton and what he does. Uh, his skill set may not be perfectly tailored to the G-Day game just because his legs are so important to what he does. But between him, incoming freshman Ryan Puglisi, I think Georgia wants to have a, a capable backup 
uh, that they feel comfortable playing in the event that Carson Beck does get hurt, as you know, you've seen time and time again. It's just hard in the SEC to keep a quarterback healthy for an entire year. So if you can stack further depth and get quality reps at that backup quarterback position, I think Kirby Smart would be very, very happy with that, along with just the usual no significant injuries. I want to ask you, how tall is Gunner? And do you or Kirby or Bobo, does anybody care about it? Gunner's probably about 6'1". He's taller than Stetson Bennett. He's probably on par, I would say, with Jake uh, Jake Fromm in terms of height. Uh, You know, again, he's not – and certainly next to Carson, who's a legit 6'4". You can uh, understand why he's maybe not seen in the same stature. But he's well-built. He's uh, maybe a little bit bigger than Baker Mayfield, maybe in that Sam Howell kind of build, Uh, the current uh, Washington Commanders quarterback, former North Carolina quarterback. Uh, Very active with his legs and has a better arm than I think maybe people anticipate. Got a chance to really see him for the first time against Florida State. I did some positive things and. Mike Bobo is someone that has known Gunnar Stockton for a long time. Oh, yeah. Recruited him when he was the OC at South Carolina. There's a real belief in Gunnar Stockton. And, you know, again, he, if everything goes to plan, he's not going to see a lot of reps this year because Carson Beck is that good. And talking to players around the team, there's a real belief and, and buy into like Gunner being that guy and a guy that other guys want to play for. And, and it's not something that's measured, uh, you know, in the stat sheet and arm strength and athletic ability, but his intangibles are, are off the charts. And there's real confidence there in what he can continue to grow into at the University of Georgia. Yeah, and confidence and trust from the adult and the kid. I mean, wasn't his, wasn't, was Bobo's dad his QB coach or something in high school? I'm trying to remember. Wasn't there a connection? Yeah, uh, Bobo's dad, George Bobo, worked with Gunnar Stockton from like a young age, too, not just in high school, I think even dating back to middle school there. So there's a ton of familiarity there between Bobo and Gunnar Stockton. Uh, All right, last thing, flip it around. And, I mean, you saw every snap all year. Um, I'm going to tell you, when I was watching, it seemed every time Javon Bullard was on the field, he was doing something aggressive. Um, Who is that a fair evaluation? And who's got that personality in 24? Yeah, Javon Bullard, you know, for all the talk of five stars, number one recruiting classes, he was one of the lower-ranked recruits Georgia had bought in in recent years. And that guy just made play after play, and I think aggressive is a great word for him. Uh, that's one of the bigger questions this spring, and I think it's going to go into the fall. You know, obviously they signed K.J. Bolden maybe to play that role. He's obviously got a bulk up coming in the five-star safety. Uh, there's a guy, Jake Pope, who you know everyone made a big deal about Caleb Downs and how much Georgia wanted him and wanted to bring him in. Georgia likes Jake Pope a lot, and they think the only reason that Jake Pope wasn't playing at Alabama last year was because he was behind Caleb Downs. And so he's got good size, has played at Alabama, has worked with Tavares Robinson, who's going to be the new safeties coach at Georgia this year. Uh, it was not necessarily a big move given, you know, it happened around the same time as Tavares Robinson coming over to Georgia and then the week after the Caleb Downs news. But Jake Pope is a guy to watch going into spring practice, and I think as that position battle continues into the fall, who could do some similar things to what Javon Borler did. Connor, I appreciate it, man. It's always great insight. Thank you for your time. Yep, thanks for having me on, Chuck. Dog Nation. Go get him. Connor Riley. B.A.'s bunch over there. Brandon Adams is a bunch. Javon Bullard, there was something about it. Just aggressiveness. And a lot of times he was just hitting someone, but uh, it was just in motion the entire time. And there was always, every time I caught his number, I was like, oh, it was Bullard. Yeah, all right. Well, he's behind the line of scrimmage again. So just a really, really good ball player. And as in a relative sense, as Connor was saying, he was not just, all right, well, here are the next six five-stars who are going to start in our, our um, secondary. Mm-mm. 
he worked his way to that. He's going to be a draft pick. I want to see, like I said, I mentioned earlier, I want to see how well he runs. Um, but I really like his game, man. He's made himself stand out. He looked around, was like, no, I'm taking, I'm taking one of these jobs. And he got it. And there were other kids who were bigger recruits and they didn't get the job and they played behind him. There were other kids who transferred. There were other kids who waited it out and think, all right, well, maybe this year. So good for him creating value for himself, as Nick Saban would say. So, again, appreciate Connor coming on. All right, uh, it's a Thursday. We break. We continue next. more college football talk with the king of college football it's the chuck oliver show on southern sports today we got to duke and um you know we had come off of that that team had come off of a three and nine season everyone wanted you know me to say oh hey we're gonna be a bowl team or yeah. we're gonna right and and i just don't know that that you can just push buttons and do right. that right? you just you roll up your sleeves and you work and and usually over the course of history that has proven to work the approach worked at duke a lot better than it worked at texas a&m and it's harder to win just like raw number of games each season at texas a&m because of your opponents but it's also easier to do it because you're texas a&m so it goes both ways ghost of jimbo's career mike elko he found success put a number on clemson we weren't nearly as impressed with that Northwestern thing as we should have been. Could have beat Notre Dame. That was the Riley, my ankles hurt. And then Florida State got away from him, et cetera. Uh, again, same thing a couple weeks later with Riley Leonard and the ankle. So the season wound up being really good instead of, hey, what are they on to something special? They could have beaten Notre Dame. And then they did beat NC State. And we're sitting at 5-1. and one, And that was kind of your high watermark got a bowl win so everybody was motivated but he was already gone so mike elko talking about what he did at duke and i'm sure that he hopes it is a translation to where he is now georgia state just became the story in college football and it'll last for about 14 minutes but georgia state just became the story for about the worst reason possible on february 15th Because for Georgia State football, three practices into spring, me getting an emailed statement from the athletic director thanking your head coach for his time, that qualified for Georgia State football, three practices into spring, I get a statement about we want to thank Coach Elliott for his and wish him well. Yes, I think your coach just quit is about the worst reason for GSU to be in the headlines. Panther pride taking haymakers today. What is at work here? And there's a thread, folks, and that's what I always say. is All right, well, let's talk about context. Let's all talk about the thread because it's February 15th. When I said that for Georgia State football, three practices into spring, middle of February, your coach quit. Yes, that is the worst thing possible. It's getting to be more expected, though. Less surprising of the norm. And that is the thread that runs through this. Truth. 
everything about Sean Elliott and history at Columbia and his family and distance. And that's an SEC program with stability versus George State. We don't have all of this stuff is true. All that stuff is about the challenge and the difference and all of it's true. And I miss my family and want to have dinner with them on Thursday nights. Pre-name image likeness, he wouldn't have left. There's your thread. There's your truth. So when we look at Chip Kelly and well, hey, Dante Moore and he hurt my feelings and I don't like boosters. Well, Chip Kelly's never liked boosters or at least not having to suck up to boosters or pursue them. He's never really liked having to pursue the affections of an 18 year old. Never. But he did it because, well, you just did it. He got tired of it beginning but i got news for you everything about chip kelly and the reasons he left and jeff halfley the reasons he left there are football reasons involved none of them would have caused those coaches to quit pre name image likeness sean elliott i really don't believe pre name image likeness he's leaving i think he's going to do there there are coaches all across college football who live distance who Six months of the year, and then they come visit in summer. It happens. It stinks. But if we moved, and then we moved, and then we moved, and then we moved, and by, you know what? She She's a sophomore in high school. All right, can we let her finish? All right, we're going to let her finish, and y'all come visit, and then she'll graduate, and we'll be together again. Or I'll get fired and get the buyout, and I'll come home. So is there context? And I'm going to talk specifically. I'm going to take just the generic situation. And let's talk Sean Elliott. Drop him in a fishbowl. Is there context? Absolutely. Does he love his family and want to be with him? Of course. Is working at South Carolina better than working at Georgia State? Well, that's always been true. That's not even a coordinator job. He's coaching tight ends. All of the context, it's accurate. All of the reasons, the justification, they are present. It is, it, it is a true version. Pre-name image likeness, he's still the coach at Georgia State. So there is the takeaway. All right, so this is going to continue. How do programs react to this? Um, Heath is um, in the throes of, I, you're a weekend? How can you do this to the kids? Uh, and And believe me, I've got an element of that as well. But I have gotten too busy looking ahead to the next example of this to spend too much time like we didn't linger on Jeff Halfley. We didn't linger on Chip Kelly. I don't think I'm going to linger on Sean Elliott because there's about to be another one. See, that's the story to me. Heath, how is your Thursday going? Well, hey, what you're talking about, Chuck, certainly is a real deal because, I mean, you look at it, Jamari Thrash is probably the most high-profile example this past year, leaves Georgia State, goes to Louisville, has a really nice year for them. But yeah, the, the drumbeat out of the program just continues on. If you're, If you're a coach who finds guys and develops guys and then you know the price of you doing that is you're just going to constantly lose them because somebody's going to come in with a bigger wallet than Georgia State is ever going to have in the NIL game you can certainly see while the timing's not great where at some point you kind of throw up your hands and say what am I doing here Uh it's impossible to actually build anything because even when I find the diamonds in the rough which they've done a pretty good job of Chuck that that program for its size has punched pretty well recently and and finding some quality talent but it doesn't matter when you just feel like somebody's gonna come along pac-man style and just gobble it right up uh meanwhile this is something that was one of the stories coming out of the championship game if you remember 
that some people were really ticked about. They say, whoa, 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 what happened to the video game? Where did I get my announcement of the video game? I was told there was going to be some kind of commercial or something. Didn't happen. What the, what's the deal? Well, finally today, if you're one of those people, uh, the trailer has dropped. It's a minute and a half long for the folks at EA Sports, and it is them saying definitively for the first time, yes, the video game is coming out this year. They say that there will be a formal unveiling of the game itself coming up in May. But in the meantime, there's a a couple of clips in this thing that they put out today. It's a minute and a half long teaser that's got some dude with a sewing machine sitting in the middle of the Rose Bowl talking about how they're putting every last thread into the game and all that. So, look, I'm not a video game guy, Chuck. I haven't. The last time I probably played a video game at home would have been Bill Walsh football back when I was in, you know, college back in the 90s. That's probably about the last time I actually was playing video games with any regularity. So I don't know if I'm going to run out and buy this the way that some people are going to be locked in the minute it happens. But uh, the good news is for the sport, this is happening, and I think this is great marketing. It's unfortunate that one of the things people are going to be most curious about is uh, what the transfer portal window looks like because they're going to start trying to immediately recruit everybody off of the entire other conference's roster the minute they get it started. But for the record, they say the unveiling in, in May and the game hits in July. I think that we are about to get, um, I I can't say unintentional, but we are about to get a very crystal clear commentary on just what chaos and just how ridiculous the portal is. I guarantee you when this game comes out, there's an option to disable it. Like, what is it? Like, you play the NHL game, you can turn off offsides because it just screws up everything. Um, You know, I I guarantee you, you can turn off name, image, likeness. That, well, uh, heck, you got a bunch of people, you know, guys in their 60s saying, I want to play that video game. Then <laughs> I'm going to learn how to play video games just so I can play without name, image, and likeness. Absolutely. And so that's, and actually, I, I got one of those the uh, when I was doing Arena League games. Uh, they came out with an Arena League um, Sega and Xbox and whatever else. And so they sent me a console and all the sports games. They started sending them to me. So uh, difference between video game and a computer game, I would wonder if Heath would draw a line there. But um, as far as sports simulation, the hand-eye coordination, is it just a sim? Is it something where you've got to move a joystick or buttons or whatever? Uh, There is a delineation there. But uh, computer games, video games, whatever, if you play any of them, you're about to have a much better May. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we take pride in our family-owned and operated business. Hi, I'm Stacey Ellis, Vice President of the Jim Ellis Automotive Group. When my granddad, Jim Ellis, founded our company in 1971, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, my dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. Today, third-generation family members like myself, along with the support of more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values our company was founded on. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we try harder because we sincerely value your satisfaction. That's why we've been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. 
Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of our 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, still family owned and operated and where you can always expect the best. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. <sighs> or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com.